of time before we get started how are you doing i am doing well but i am also in a space where there's a lot of transition change and a lot of stepping back to step forward happening right now so it's been a bit of a a growth experience happening i feel very stretched right now so very stretched mm-hmm. uh you did brief you did briefly go into <laughs> what you're facing offline before we started this recording mm-hmm. and one of the things that you mentioned uh is and please correct me if i'm wrong sure. is that it you culminated with at the end of the day i just want to be held mm-hmm. and that really resonated and stuck with me because sometimes I I know plenty of very successful African-American women mm-hmm. that are single. And I, I don't know what your, your status is right now as far as your dating status. I'm single. Okay. So I know a lot of very successful black women that are single mm-hmm. and are struggling with finding that success relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they want to say that out loud to their homegirls, to their sorority sisters or whomever, um, I can gather from having conversations with those women that, you know, all that stuff is cool. The five degrees and your your certifications and the job you got, the money you make, all that stuff is cool. But at the end of the day, when you get in the bed at night and the other side is cold, how does that really make you feel? You know, and there's been moments that I've even felt that myself. In my moments of singleness where I've gotten into bed and said to myself, you know, all these accomplishments, they're cool. And I'm not diminishing those things because naturally someone would trade your life for theirs in a heartbeat. Right. Right. But like you mentioned offline, you was like, you know, what does all of this really matter in the grand scheme of things? And not to say that things don't matter, but if you don't have someone to share with, you don't have someone to just trade the ideas with, even if they don't always have the answers. Just having someone to tell you, as you mentioned, hey, everything is going to be OK. Yes. And you actually believe them. You know, that's the other <laughs> part. Right. 
everything yes. is going to be okay. And I think beyond that, it's also when you said to me, like, sometimes I just want to be held or, or cuddled mm-hmm. is I think when we get older, we realize it's not just about being held by a person. It's about being held by the right person. But yeah. I digress. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> anybody can hold you. <laughs> right. But you don't want just anybody to hold you. And I think that, you know, I think that as as a woman who who would love to have a healthy relationship with a black man. Yes, I have all of these accomplishments and things like that. It is very it is something to to almost like admire in a way like the like those relationships where you do see a black man and a black woman like lifting each other up as they are on their pursuits for the different things that God has ordained for them as being like their purpose. Right. And for someone to someone to get it right, like they may not necessarily know everything that you're going through, but I do think that it's important to be with someone who who understands you know, your work ethic, who understands like how what you're doing is so much more, you know, how much is um, connected to your passion and how you want something to work. And sometimes you may have to take a step back, like I was saying earlier, in order to figure out like what's really in front of you or even someone to just be like, listen, you need a break. You've been at it. You've been at the computer. You've been in the office for however many hours, like remind me that it's okay to have play. Remind me that it's okay to have fun, right? Let and me I, hold you. Yeah, like, <laughs> like let me just be with you. You know, yeah, yeah. it's okay. Put the laptop down. Put this down. Put your cell phone down. It's okay to do that, whether it's a man or a woman. I think that on both ends, we need to be able to have those types of experiences, and you know, it's not even just people who own their businesses that need to have that experiences. It's also just people who are, you're going through life. And it's like, you want to know that somebody got your back at the end of the day. I purposely let that breathe for a second. One of the things that I tried to display in our last conversation, because this is our second conversation for the platform. <laughs> and and thank you in advance for this conversation, because <laughs> one of the things that uh that I try to work on in building this platform is receiving feedback from our listeners. Mm-hmm. And I, I reached out to you offline and was just asking, Hey, what's some of the feedback that you were receiving? And I was also receiving some feedback and I want to say thank you for the information that you provided on the first show, or yeah. as I always call them chapters, yeah. the, the information that you provided on the first chapter, because the chapter did so well. For those listeners who have not heard the chapter, please revisit that chapter. The name of that chapter is Does Anyone Care? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because of that Does Anyone Care? I was listening to a song this morning. And it was it's by this artist named Absol. And, and the name of the song is, I believe, um, let me double check this here. Uh, Do Better. Is the name of the song. I think it was just released today. And I, I cried, like mm-hmm. literally. I didn't even fight the emotion of crying because what he was saying in the song um, resonates with me at this point in my life where it's just like even at his level of success and being a multimillionaire and being around some very successful artists and being on a, a, a successful label, he still was pulling back the layers that, hey, I'm still a person that's dealing with some regular things here. 
Yeah. Like Andre 3000 said years ago, he was like, you know, I ran into somebody in the mall and, you know, uh, the me and you song, the elevator song, mm. uh, where it's like, you know, I'm, how you say it? Uh, at the end of the week, I moved to the beat. Like you live check to check. If you don't, if you don't listen, then I don't eat. So we like neck to neck, mm-hmm. you know? So one of the artists that this is, that was off of their second album, by the way, but one of the artists that I really loved at that time, and I still value Andre 3000's uh, lyrical capabilities, I was like, wow, even a person as successful as him can have setbacks and issues that if I don't listen to his music or thousands of others or millions of others, he in the same place as me. Yeah. So to have those moments, going, getting back to what we briefly, briefly getting back to what we discussed in the last chapter I wanted to allow you to the space to breathe in the conversation because one of the things that we do not always do or is not displayed, and we can go into this as we delve into the conversation, is sometimes we have these problematic, combative conversations between black men and black women. Right. Even if it's diminishing, we, we've gotten so caught up in who's the smarter person in the conversation. Mm. Um, because naturally, according to studies, the most educated subgroup in the United States <laughs> is African-American women, right? It, so, is. it is. Can I add something to that really quickly? Definitely. definitely. Okay. So I was having this discussion with one of my clients the other day, and she had made a very similar statement. What came out of that conversation is, like, Black women may be smart academically and, you know, through the educational lens. Right. But a lot of individuals may also see themselves as being like the smartest in the room. And a lot of that may have a lot to do with the fact that you didn't have anyone supporting you along the way. Right. So a lot of those things that, you know, an individual could say, like, I feel this. I feel like I'm the smartest in the room is because of trial and error versus you actually being the person who, you know, knew how to advocate for yourself just automatically going in. A lot of our experiences, both as a Black woman, and I'm sure you could say for yourself as a Black man, a lot of the ways in which that you operate and navigate life has been through trial and error. So any of us could say we're the smartest in the room. Having a degree does not necessarily means that you are smart. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, right, like, I just want to make sure that when we when that statement is used or even really thinking about like, oh, okay, like, yes, black women, we are smart, but we are smart from an education perspective, too. And then that feeling of like, you know, we have to do it all. A lot of that also just really comes from the standpoint of trial and error. Like we've had to show up in different spaces to be able to get things done versus it being like someone showing us along the way. There's, and I think that that's the same for both black men and black women. I don't think it's just towards one group. It just may also be that black women are also used to just being like, never mind, I will do it. Right. Like there's no room, (laughs) you know, there's no room as I did that, right? Like, hopefully nobody gets upset at me, but if you do, it is what it is. But I think that that statement, right? It's like, it doesn't leave room 
for someone else to show up and show you what they can do. And that's something that I do talk with a lot of my clients about, especially the ones that are in relationships. It's like, if you are in a relationship with this person and you really want there to be an equitable relationship, one, I think you should really figure out what that word means and make sure your partner's on the same page with that. But two, if you say, oh, you know, like how I was saying earlier, like, I just want someone, or, you know, I want someone, I want to be in a relationship with someone who reminds me that it's okay. His way of reminding me that it's okay may not be my exact way that I would want him to remind me that it's okay, right? But one, that all is in communication. If I communicate to you, these are the things that I need, then I also have to take a step back and say like, all right, he knows but in terms of application, I can't control how he shows up and shows me that it's okay, if that makes sense. That's relinquishing control. And I know mm-hmm. that's hard for a lot of people. <laughs> I'm not going to say just women. <laughs> yes. That's hard for a lot of people, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. even with this show, I had to learn how to be okay with relinquishing the control of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Right. So bringing it back to the main focal point of this conversation is about my interactions with women sometimes. And I, I, I've gotten in trouble for this statement, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway and follow me here. Like I have no problem in conversing with certain women. I do not entertain females. And for my male listeners, we some of you have an idea of what I'm referring to when I differentiate between a woman and a female and they both could be grown in adults, but I don't entertain conversations with females and and an an indicator of I'm, I'm interacting with a female is combativeness. You know, I'm too old to combat. Not too old. (laughs) Too, Too old. I don't have the same patience as I did when I was younger is what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. Like when I was younger, I would debate women and I took, you know, I mentioned this on a, on a previous chapter that I took gender studies to be petty, really to be able to argue females down. That's when I learned the difference in a gender mm-hmm. studies course. That's for my listeners. If you want to know why I differentiate like that is because I learned to differentiate in a gender studies course. I learned argumentative points about Margaret Singer and the women's liberation movement and all this other stuff from gender studies to argue females down. And then I realized, like, I'm not looking to really be around females. I love women. Mm. So if I'm building up all this energy, this negative energy, these negative talking points to combat females, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to continue to attract females. Mm hmm. But mm-hmm. if I if I refine myself as a man, then I'm going to continue to attract women that are in their natural feminine. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't have to be combative, even if I don't understand where the woman is going. Mm-hmm. I respect mm-hmm. her femininity to be able to at least listen to her and hear her out. And then hopefully she can receive the logic of my response to what she's saying. But also there's something else that I wanted to go back to. There was an older lady that I heard say this to another young lady a few years ago. She said the wiser, the wiser of the two women in the conversation said, well, when do you plan on getting married? 
she had a successful career. She had all this stuff on her her resume, and she mm-hmm. looked good on paper, as I always say on my show. However, when it <laughs> she, when the older lady said, "Well, when are you going to get married, and when are you going to have a family, and X Y Z," and she was like, "You know, well, I'm I'm focused on my career right now, and that's that's my marriage right now." And she was like, "Well, how many degrees do you have?" And she was like, "Oh, I have." a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. I'm working on my doctorate X, Y, Z. And she was like, as smart as you are, you lack emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do they offer that class in college? In the psychology department. (laughs) Well, her point. I know, I I know. Her her point was. And that, you know. I don't think that she didn't have she did not have that response. I'll tell you that much. I think the point what the point that the older lady was getting at, which is the point that the younger young the younger lady got was as much degrees as you have, as much money as you make, as much of that house you living in by yourself you got, as smart as you are, you wasn't smart enough to secure one of these men that probably approached you in mm-hmm. college. How many good guys did you say wasn't tall enough, didn't make enough money, wasn't educated enough, didn't take you to the, didn't spend the right amount of money? She's like she really kind of went there. And I'm paraphrasing that conversation because this was a conversation between two women. And I was actually enthralled, enthralled in it because I was like, I didn't think I didn't think these type of conversations actually existed between black women. Yes, they do. They th- but me being a black man and 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 not always availing myself to women's conversations because that's not my space. <laughs> no, it right. is not. <laughs> right. So I'm on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. ear hustling about the conversation and was uh, <laughs> was astounded. Like, wow, you know, finally I'm witnessing a conver- a conversation of correction between two women, different generation. Just like I quite often see correctional conversations between older men. Oh, okay. And younger men. Black men? Yeah, black men. Okay. Yeah, I've had to. I'm curious because I'm like, are we just saying that this is just happening on black women's side? Right. Because I think that that lends itself to one of the points that we wanted to get to, which is like, who is the first teacher? of, you know, about love and intimacy and relationship for women, right? Because for for us, for women, it is our mom, but it is also our dad too. And a lot of us as Black women, our dad could be absentee, right? So there's also that too. So I'm very curious for, on, you know, like from your perspective, who is the first teacher for Black men when it comes to love and intimacy? Well, it really depends on the familiar situation that that young man comes from, right? Or that mm-hmm. man came from. Listeners, I, I can't quantify what that means for everyone. Um, this is based upon my perspective, Duan. So you know, I, first I'll start by saying the base level, the frame of this is to say, what is what is the, the background of that person, of that man? Mm-hmm. What did he see as a child? Did he see both of his parents loving on each other and offering moments of intimacy? Not necessarily, hopefully not necessarily physical intimacy, um, but beyond kissing and hugging and things of that nature. Um, they might have heard their parents having intercourse, 
which is, you know, a different topic. But um, it depends on the the familiar situation that they came from. For me, I did not have my father at home. Mm -hmm. Grew up in a single parent home. So what developed my thought processes of what love is, I'm a millennial, so I spent a lot of time in front of, well, I spent a lot of time outside, one. You know, I, I was an outside kid. Go outside till the lights come on. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, when you, when the lights came on, I was watching NBC. So I was heavily influenced by the Hustables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was heavily influenced after that came and went. Then we transitioned to a different world. Then here comes the Banks. Mm-hmm. So I was heavily influenced by the Banks. Now, for our listeners who Younger listeners who might not know who I'm referring to, I'm referring to uh, the uh, Uncle Phil mm-hmm. and and the OG. Right, Vivian you have to Banks. say the original when you're yeah, on the yeah the the <laughs> dark skin Vivian. You know, not, I I'm not getting into the no, this is not a getting into a colorism conversation, but the okay. OG that was okay. Let me wear that back. The OG yes. Vivian. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are shades of beauty. There's multiple shades of beauty, but mm-hmm. the OG Vivian. And then from there, it trans, transi- uh, transitioned to the relationship between the pains, who, what became the pain. So Martin and Gina Payne. And that gave me so many different perspectives. Like going back to the first two relationships or marriages, not relationships, the first two marriages I'm talk, uh, I was watching and being influenced by, that set my tone of, what type of woman am I going to be attracted to as an adult? Mm-hmm. So I tell men all the time, I believe in hypergamy and not hypergamy in the sense of I need a woman's money. I'm not a hobosexual. Let me get that way out there. You know, I think the mistake that sometimes happens with black men is they get into these relationships with well-to-do black women mm-hmm. and their financial situation or their circumstances is not where it need to be. And, you know, that, that's a whole totally different conversation, right? Not to say that we got to get into that, but I believe in hypergamy. And the reason why I believe in hypergamy is because I look to be in a relationship where I'm influenced by the power that she has, mm-hmm. by the control that she has, by the, by the education that she has, by the level of conversation that we can have. There's just certain women, there's just certain women I'm not even willing to entertain because I understand where I want to go in life. Mm-hmm. So I have to be with a woman that has a lot of drive, whatever that ultimately equates to, mm-hmm. because I have a lot of drive. And when you're with in a relationship, and this is my perspective, when you're in a relationship with someone that doesn't understand drive or they only had small moments of drive to get them through college or to get them through some other situation that was situational, very temporal. That's different from having where drive is just your life. Mm -hmm. It's your thing. But go ahead. I'm sure you had something that you wanted to mention. Well, no, like I want to kind of come back in because I think that in your answer, there's a few different areas where we can go. Right. But in terms of just really getting at that question of who's the first teacher 
for Black men about love and intimacy, right? Like you did mention a lot around like the familial standpoint, right? So it could be your biological mom, biological dad, or it could be your grandparents. Really a lot of it falls back to whoever is the primary people that are raising you, right? So kind of like maybe not nuclear, but the almost like the family system, right? And so in the family system, you can see a, you know, a multitude of different types of relationships. You could see a multitude of different messages. And I think for a lot of people, the messaging, the messaging, the stories and the belief systems is what really hones in on the teaching system, right? And then you had mentioned almost like um, what it, it used to, it's called, um, there's a there's a phrase that's used for a lot of the black shows from like the early 90s and things like that. Um, I can't think of it right now, but a lot of those shows were almost, you know, it was really important for black people to see black relationships, black families, black communities. Right. Even the wearing the HBCUs. Right. Like that was a or, um, paraphernalia or even wearing like fraternity and sorority paraphernalia. Right. Like that was really big to see on screen and all those things. But kind of bringing it back, it's like even thinking about like love, right? Like when I think about the word love, I think about love from the standpoint of love is both a noun and it's an action or a verb, right? And so when we think about how we love, like love is in a lot of ways, it could be, it's the cure for, you know, negative feelings. It's the cure for, you know, negative thoughts. It's the cure for a lot of different things. And a lot of the work that I do with the women that I work with is getting them to a place where they can love themselves enough to communicate with the world who they are, but also as they're learning to love themselves enough that they're also emitting a lot of love to the people that's in their community and that's around them, right? And sometimes, when we are getting into that space, a lot of it hurts because when we're developing true understanding of love, it also means that you get to decide how you engage in activities or or not activities, but in actions, right? Or behaviors that equate to love, how your mindset is shifting when it comes to love. And then even in the intimacy part about relationships, right? Like, you know, you alluded to uh, physical, right? But intimacy can also be in the space of money, right? Like, so money and finances. We see a lot of people who aren't in relationships due to the issues of around money, right? Like, especially if a woman is a high earner or a man is a high earner, right? Like, there's all of these different ways in which we navigate that relationship based on who's the higher, who's the higher earner in that space. Intimacy also comes in the form of communication. Communication is probably one of the biggest issues that that happens within um, relationships, right? And that's one of the biggest reasons why we have so much of a divide when it comes to relationships between Black men and Black women, because it's like everybody's trying to be heard and the other person isn't really trying to listen to them. Then in intimacy, you also have, you have the physical aspect of it, but just even thinking about how do you, how, like intimacy mentally, intimacy spiritually speaking, right? Like, are we in alignment in our faith walk? Are we, are we in alignment with, you know, how we want to even just acknowledge our thoughts and how we want to share our thoughts? And are we having these experiences that really allow us to grow in a way that is on a deeper connection outside of just the physical, right? Cause the physical, 
It's what helps a lot of people, quote unquote, get to deeper level connections. But the reality is, if you want something sustainable, you want to meet someone in the planes of emotional intimacy, mental intimacy, spiritual intimacy, right? Like, and, you know, even financial intimacy, so getting somebody to talk about money, that is a very intimate and vulnerable space to be in. Right. If I can talk to you and be honest with you about who I am in those spaces where there's no there's no way that I can really wear a mask or I'm comfortable enough with you not to wear a mask. That makes what happens in the physical intimacy space even better. You know what I'm saying? So I think on both sides for men and women, you know, it's really important that we hone in on the intimacy side, but it's also vulnerability that's in there, too. Right. And I think earlier you spoke about like women giving giving men the space to speak and say how they feel without feeling like she's going to come in and say, well, no, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, no, that's wrong. Or, well, I don't see it like that. It's like in those moments and part of this has to be a learned behavior. It has to be a learned behavior that is a desired learned behavior on both ends where both people are just willing to hear the other person without being in the space of you're wrong and I'm right. Neither person has to be wrong and neither person has to be right. Both people could be a win in that space because now I'm getting to hear your mindset and understand your perspectives. And then I can decide for myself whether or not this is something that I still want. In the last conversation that we had, I had mentioned and throughout in that conversation that I, I need my wife. So many words. Mm-hmm. One of my friends had heard the show and offered his feedback and said, do you really think you need a a woman? And I was like, yeah, I, I really, I really do. And he was like, interesting. So I think in my mind, I'm wondering what are we doing separately as me being a black man and what are black women doing separately and apart from each other that are set up steps and things of that nature to ensure that we do need each other and that we can be healthy and present in those relationships? See, I could say all I want that I want to marry a black woman and I want to be in a successful relationship. But if I'm not intimate with myself, mm-hmm. let, let me let that breathe for a second intimate with myself and honest with myself and knowing who I am. So when when I get into that relationship with that woman that I've been praying for, that I've been hoping for, and that I've been been getting help for or reading this book for or fixing, not me personally, just naming off things that I've heard from other black men, fixing my credit, fixing my money situation, getting that career, working on my physique, working on expanding my mind, if I'm doing all these things separately and apart or not doing those things, because some people say that they're working on themselves mm-hmm. and the work is taking too long. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's taking too long. So if you're dragging your feet, and this is my opinion, you're the professional in this conversation. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, if you're going to drag your feet on fixing you, what is it going to be like when you have to love and care for someone else and sacrifice yourself? Because in a lot of cases, in being in relationships, and this is what I've been told, 
Um, being in marriages, not just relationships. I've had my share of relationships. Being in a marriage is about sacrificing enough of yourself for the betterment of the person that you're with. But if you're not whole and you're still working on you and you're still trying to refine you and all this other stuff that you needed to work on on your own time, how much did you really need that other person that you said that you claim that you need mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. can't even do what you need to do for you? In closing, listeners, I hope that you have received some insight. If not for you, then maybe for someone else. For my new and returning listeners, thank you for your support. You could be doing anything, but you are choosing to spend your time with us. If you would like to provide feedback on this chapter, or if you would like to be a guest on the thesis, please email me at the thesis 111 at gmail.com. As I always say, welcome to the thesis, a podcast where we unlock the thoughts of time. Please be encouraged.